Welcome to Language Talk. Hello everyone and welcome back. We've got a new name and a new face. We're not so sure about the name though and so we might change it later down the road. Anyway, it has been a long time, a very long time in fact. I think that the last time that I uploaded, it must have been around November of last year. I kind of got sidetracked with other hobbies and wasn't really up for maintaining this podcast. I've been more focused on a journey in American English, my other podcast. My co-host and I have decided to revive this podcast. We want to dedicate it to those who are interested in studying languages, learning languages, and those who are interested in linguistic topics. In this episode, we want to simply introduce ourselves, talk about our language background, and what we hope to gain from this podcast. Since this is our pilot episode, we are still figuring out the structure, and I think that we will figure that out as we go along. With that being said, enjoy, and let's begin. Hello. Uh, hello, everyone. Yeah, so uh, this podcast has been sitting around for, uh, what's it been like? I would say like eight, nine months. And originally I had started this podcast as a way to like uh, give like language tips because I really like doing languages. But I got really busy and uh, just decided I'm just going to let the project die. But it, at my other past podcast you guys know of, um, I've been working with my partner and he and I have decided to try and revive this podcast and turn it into something different and that's what we're here for today we're not necessarily certain what direction we want to go or how we want to structure this progress this podcast so it's a bit of an experiment kind of like learning by doing you know doing as you go absolutely yeah yeah so i'll just let my my co-host introduce himself and then i'll reintroduce me myself (laughs) (laughs) so uh if you're not familiar with our other podcast I'm Chris. I've been working with uh, the other Chris here <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for a few months on our other podcast. And um, so far, at least my personal goals for this podcast are, uh, well, personally, I'm, I'm very interested in how languages work. Mm. I've studied German for a couple years in high school. Uh, I have retained a little bit of it. And personally, I've been studying Japanese on and off for a few years. And part of my motivation for doing this is I want to take another honest uh, sprint at it. And this is partially for me a way of documenting my progress and keeping me accountable. So it's not every week we're talking about, hey, oh, hey, what'd you learn this week? And I I can't say nothing without looking like an idiot, right? So yeah. uh, there's going to be some peer and societal pressure out there for me to learn. And uh, language as a whole and the structure and the origins, and uh, it's all just very interesting to me. And uh, I'm here to talk and learn about it. So let's yeah. do it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you all, you all know me. <laughs> so from my other podcast, it was more focused on talking about like american culture the american language um or not the american language uh, american english (laughs) good old american yeah just it's just more about the u.s where is this topic or this podcast we really want to focus on uh languages language development where languages come from how they function um how they develop um i'm at the moment studying or at the moment i'm studying french and linguistics at the university 
So I have an academic background in these subjects and my co-host is, I, I guess you could say like a lay person, uh, but still, that's fair. yeah, <laughs> but still we want to like um, kind of bring this knowledge to everyone else. And yeah, so I, I took high school in German in the US. I don't know how it was and where you're from. Um, but... my, uh, my German teacher was Russian. So she oh, okay. was teaching her, uh, <laughs> she was teaching us her third language via her second language. Uh, oh, that's super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so at my high school, we had uh, French, uh, German and uh, French, German and Spanish. Did you, did you have those? French, German, Spanish. Yes. And when I came to high school, there was a semi-retired Latin teacher Mm. Uh, he wasn't taking on any more students. It was basically, he would keep teaching the people who were in Latin as they wanted to keep going. But when they were gone, he fully retired. Oh, see, my Latin teacher was my German teacher. (laughs) So I would take German with my German teacher. And then at the end of school, we would do Latin. But that was super difficult. I had really hard time learning Latin and it was really boring. Um, But I love German. I also took French in high school. Um, I hated it. Uh, <laughs> f- funny enough, I ended up studying it and I speak it fluently. So um, well, I wouldn't say fluently, but I speak it enough to get by and have a d- decent conversation. Uh, and you mentioned uh, Japanese, didn't you? Yes, that's yep. that's going to be my focus right now. I've, I've used a few different things to study throughout the years, aside from just being exposed to Japanese media, which does not count as studying. Um, it does to a certain extent it depends on you, how you pick do it. things up and you'll learn yeah. things but it's not unless you're gonna like you know airdrop yourself in the middle of japan and be stuck there <laughs> for a few years it's not gonna do it so um, yeah my primary i know it's not the best but i was really religious about my uh what i was doing on duolingo for a while and i was making some progress on that and i was talking with some other friends who were who were learning and doing other things to learn. And he was saying, oh, are you writing things down as you go? And I said, uh, no. I was like, oh, well, you really should be because you're not really going to retain it if you don't. And when I did stop for a while and I came back, I remembered some things, but uh, it did not have the staying power. And when I when I picked it up again, uh, <laughs> this is not the greatest study mm. tool, but there are some <laughs> uh, Japanese language learning games on Steam um there's really i bought a trilogy so there's one for hiragana one for kanji and one for katakana so when i was playing through the hiragana one where you had to uh you basically had to know hiragana to win it was like little rpg turn-based battles and if you couldn't identify the letters and some words and phrases you just couldn't win so for that one there would actually be like study sessions between like the various chapters of the game where they would say we're going to teach you six new characters get out your notebook and for that one i actually got out my notebook and i Mm. it should be somewhere around me i can't find it right now but i have a full notebook just of me practicing uh different hiragana characters and that actually helped a lot so when i make this next push on really getting the learning down that is something i'm going to definitely be doing notebook write things down as you learn them write things down as you learn them Write things down as you learn them. Repetition, repetition, repetition. Yeah, repetition is the key. Yeah, I'm definitely, uh, I got bit by the Japanese bug when I was 13. 
And I've tried to learn Japanese so many times and I've quit so many times. I've probably quit like five times. It's hard language. Yeah, it's definitely hard. And it's definitely hard to stay motivated when there's no reason to learn it. Like you're just in it, you know, for, for the fun, for fun. Um, but then I found, you know, like, like Hello Talk is a really good app that a lot of people use, find language partners. iTalky, um, also a good app to like books, teachers. And so once you find people to talk to in these languages, then it becomes super motivating. And mm. Germany has a small Japanese population. Unfortunately, they don't live anywhere near I, where I do. They're like two hours, well, like an hour and a half away. Um, but yeah. And yeah, so I've, I've been studying Japanese and I don't know about you, but I've dabbled in a whole bunch of different languages. Uh, so like a, a master, like a jack of all trades, a master of none, so to speak. Mm. I've done Spanish, Russian, Latin, Portuguese, Chinese. Uh, what else have I done? Yiddish. I've done Hebrew. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Italian. I, I suppose elementary school Spanish would be my oh, yeah. only addition. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I speak basic Spanish. Uh, I'm not going to do it now, but <laughs> I speak basic Spanish. I have a couple friends from Latin America, so we talk every now and then. But uh, definitely my main focus at the moment is French, or actually French and Japanese. And yeah, and your main focus would be Japanese at the moment. Yes, and uh, as somebody who's ahead of me and has much more experience in acquiring language knowledge, uh, I definitely plan on leaning on you a little bit yeah. for resources <laughs> and uh, and tips. Because one thing, from what I want to understand, and I have a programming background as well, when you're learning new languages and programming, the more you learn, the easier it gets because you understand what you need to learn. You understand the different types of things you need to learn to build up your skill set to a workable level and from what i hear it's the same with uh, spoken languages yeah that's the beauty is that they don't really change so every language functions more or less the same in the sense that they're all used by people so there's no reason why you can't learn chinese why you can't learn russian now learning a certain language might be difficult if you come from a different background. So learning Korean for a Chinese person is incredibly easy. Whereas learning Korean for an English speaker is incredibly difficult because English and Korean are two totally different languages. Whereas Japanese and Korean share a lot of similarities. Um, the same for Turkish. Turkish and Korean have a lot of similar properties with respect to grammar, um, even though they're not at all related. They're not like the same. Mm -hmm. Um but as for like study methods, yeah, like when I, when I first started 15 years ago, like there was nothing <laughs> there, there were, there was like, uh, there were no iPhones, there were no apps, there were no, there was absolutely nothing. And you just had to use books and find some weird, there was no YouTube. I didn't have YouTube and it was really difficult to find stuff, but now you have so many resources I mean, it's really hard to find something that just kind of sticks. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm still waiting to find the magic resource that just clicks with me and makes sense. But from what I understand, that doesn't exist. It's, no. you, have to, you have to take from multiple different resources and 
that's how you get your full picture. Yeah, definitely. So I've been doing a lot of reading in Japanese and I am a terrible reader because I always just stop reading or I get bored and I forget to finish the book. But I'll go off and read a different book or read on my phone or read the news. So you have to kind of like mix and match. And you said, for example, like anime, like you can learn a lot from anime. Um, I've learned a lot from anime too. Um, right. But the, the, the tricky thing about that is that is actors speaking in a dramatic way. Like that's not how normal people talk usually. Yeah. But I don't think that really matters. Like if you, if you go to English, for example, I've met so many people who've told me that they've learned English from like watching superhero movies. And if you think about how people talk in superhero movies, um, like Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, Hulk, whatnot, they don't really speak super natural. Like if someone were to come up to you, and this has happened to me before, and they, they speak like really good English. I don't like using the word perfect, but like as close. And they talk to me as if, you know, they had like watched like 50 gangster movies. <laughs> and it sounds and it sounds so weird, you know, because it's so it's so rough. It's so unrealistic. Like no one would come up to you, you know, like some person from Japan, you know, he's not from like the hood, but he's watched like 50 gangster movies. So he can talk like as if he's from the hood. And it, while it sounds super weird hearing that, I understand it completely. Like I know what he means, but. Right. And, and that's my fear. Yeah. I, I plan on going to Japan in the next couple of years. And I do not want to like, oh, I learned all my Japanese from anime and go up to somebody and they're like, oh, I can understand you. But wow, that's awful. Please, yeah. don't, please don't do that. Yeah. But the thing about that is um, if you learn it all from anime, it's still Japanese. So um, that's that's the good point. And then the second point is that you have like the foreigner card, which is oh, this guy. He, he's not native. So they'll be a bit more forgiving and um, if they're really nice to you they'll correct you so my friends like if i learn something from anime my friends will correct me and usually usually they'll laugh because they think it's very funny because <laughs> i talk like a cartoon but <laughs> <laughs> but then they'll be like yeah don't say that because like no one says that and um it's super tricky but you can learn a lot from media i mean that's how i learned german i watched like a whole mm -hmm. bunch of like stuff in german Funny enough, I didn't watch German movies in German. I watched American movies in German. So most of the movies that I, that I consumed, they were just the German dubs uh, of the American movies. Big Bang Theory, Full House, Fresh Prince. Uh, Aladdin. Aladdin. I saw Aladdin in German. I saw Aladdin. I've seen all the Disney movies in German. By the way, uh, that's a good tip, is you should watch the Disney movies in the foreign language because Disney has some of the best... Uh, subtitles and some of the best audio and there's it's super authentic too like all the songs like if you if you love singing uh you should go to disney because they have all the songs translated in french english cantonese uh korean japanese russian dutch uh i mean you name it like disney plus is uh is a godsend for people who want to learn languages would you say it is a valuable tool to watch a movie you already know the story to front and back but in another language to a certain extent so you already know what they're saying now you just need to you know. <clears throat> i think it's a confidence boost i think um if you know what they're saying it, it takes the pressure off you of wanting to know what they're saying um but it's kind of it's a catch-22 because on the one hand you understand a lot 
but you're kind of punching above your weight because you already cheated. You already know what's going to happen. So you're not forcing yourself to figure it out. So like books, for example, you often hear people reading translations of books and saying like, yeah, I've read Harry Potter 50 times in English. And so I'll read it in Russian. And like reading Harry Potter in Russian is definitely impressive, but you've memorized the story so much that there's no way for you to struggle in Russian. And so you have to like struggle a little bit in order to catch the meaning where Mm -hmm. I often notice that if I read, like, for example, if I buy something from like Ikea and it has like the translation in like 15 different languages and just for fun, I'll read like the instructions for like how to build my desk and I'll read the instruction set in English, maybe like five or six times. And then I'll go to like, the Japanese version. And I understand it perfectly in Japanese, but only because I've read the English version like six times (laughs) and not because, you know, I know the Japanese so well. So if I guess then it's like, ah, okay. I don't know this word, but it's probably that in the English version because I read that five times. And that's, that's the problem of like rewatching stuff that you've already seen in your native language. Um, but if you're reading through it and you understand it, you must under, especially in Japanese, you must understand the kanji. And yeah, definitely. That means you'd have to know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, you definitely understand a lot. Um, so that's the good part is you have to understand something. But often you're just kind of falling back onto knowledge you already know. Also, there's a second trap that a lot of people don't actually realize is a lot of these translations aren't super accurate and they don't accurately represent the, um, the language. So they're trying to not only translate the language, they're trying to translate the culture. And often this doesn't work. So a very funny example is my wife and I often watched SpongeBob in German and it's super funny in German too. But a lot of the jokes are based around American English, American culture, stuff like that. And there was one, uh, there was one episode where SpongeBob comes out and says, uh, or that, uh, what was his name? Squidward says to SpongeBob, like, this is the last straw. And SpongeBob pulls out like a literal straw. <laughs> and he's like, you mean this? And, and they translated that in German. And my wife's like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, why is that funny? <laughs> but she understood it perfectly. But it doesn't make sense in German. And if you read translations, that's kind of what happens is you you see this sentence and you're like, oh, in the English version, it's this, this, and this. And so if I want to say it in Russian, I say it like this, this, and this. But if you say that to like a Russian person, they might say, I mean, I know what you mean, but no, no one in Russia would ever say that. And that's, right. that's kind of the problem of like reading translations, which is why, unless you're like a super beginner, I, I avoid translations like out of the gate for that reason. And it, uh, they're, they're kind of dangerous for that reason too. Hmm. Interesting. I will say it is uh, sometimes watching uh, subbed anime. Sometimes there are jokes like that. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm missing something, but I still get the joke and I'm, I still think it's funny. So I, whoever translated this either just did a completely different joke or they somehow translated it in a way where we kind of get the joke, even though it's probably like a relatively common uh, Japanese phrase or joke that wouldn't wouldn't translate well. Oh, definitely. 
um, they sometimes they translate. They use completely different jokes. Like I'll be watching the I'll I'll be watching the the dub with my wife. And I was like, that's not what they said in the English version. Like that's not even remotely similar. And I turn on the, the English audio, and and funny enough, yeah, they like they use a completely different joke because it doesn't like it doesn't make sense in this context. Like it it just doesn't work. Or even if it's like a wordplay. Um, but anime is like the like is it's the biggest one is. Mm-hmm. Like American culture and Japanese culture are so different. Um, a lot gets lost in translation just right away. Well, anything, anyway, is there anything else you want to cover for our uh, revival pilot of this? Mm. No, that was just like our small little rant. Um, okay. Of like, like lost in translation, by the way. Um, you should definitely watch that movie. Like those who are listening, Lost in Translation with uh, oh, what's his name, Bill Murray, or Bill Murray? No, it's not his name. The actor in Lost. I couldn't tell you. Oh, give me give me one second. Lost in Translation. I have to, I have to look up the guy's name. Uh, no, it is it is Bill Murray. So okay. Lost in Translation is a really good movie, uh, and it expresses perfectly what I just said. Is that. Um, if you try to move one thing to another language, a lot of meaning gets lost. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much it for our uh, basically our, our comebacks, our revival, our pilot. And, and now uh, the, the pressure's on for me. Yeah, so now the pressure's on. Now he has to tell me what he learned uh, next week and how much uh, Japanese... This week are... may be a refresher week yeah. where I'm like, <laughs> okay, I need to go through Hiragana again. I, I, I remember some of the characters and a lot of the rules, but uh, I don't think I could... Like, I, I can't picture what uh, G looks like, for example, right now, which is not good. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess the last point, and then that'll be it for today. Like, the hiragana isn't as difficult. If you stick to it and do it every day, like, you can earn, earn it in a month. Um, I think oh, I yeah, learned it. it. It's, it's, the scary thing is knowing that once you've gone that, you have to dive into katakana, which is going to be harder. <laughs> Yeah. And then hey. Once you have that, you have to dive into kanji, which is going to be harder. Oh, kanji will take forever. With kanji, you're never done. Like, not even natives yeah. are done. You'll, you'll never be done with kanji. Um, <sighs> but anyway, but yeah. that's, a, that's a problem for future me. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so we'll be back next time. And yeah, thanks for listening and stay tuned. Yep. Bye. <laughs> bye.